Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. This is a special episode. We're calling it the White Light Christmas Special. And we recorded a special podcast in my house with Christy channeling the white light, Rob and Trace and Isabel and Jessica were here to ask them cool questions all about abundance. So this is the abundance episode. I thought that'd be great for Christmas. Before we start, uh, we're starting a new boot camp in January 16th. This is generally a boot camp that we do only for existing boot campers. Once you're in the boot camp, you're in for life. Uh, this one is going to have about 100 people. Christy's going to be a big part of this one as well. Uh, but we do have, uh, we're going to have 10 new people in this one. We have about two, maybe three spots left. If you're interested in this, this is a great way to start off 2023. Uh, and just give me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll send you more information. Uh, in spring, we have the normal boot camp. We do one in spring, one in fall for new people. So if you can't make this one, you can do that one. Then that'll be open to all the new people if you can't make it in this one. But if you want to send me an email, it would be a great way to start. And hopefully you can get in. Uh, also, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends, share it on Facebook, do all that stuff. You definitely have friends that are interested in this because you have this vibration in you and you've probably attracted people you don't even know. It's really great to have friends who can... Uh, get into the same frame of mind as you. Uh, and so if you want to check out the website at the teachings of Joshua, there are free meditations there. There's also the new neutrality meditation that Tracy did. And there's the new audiobook uh, perception of reality. So thanks for being here. And let's get going. Are you ready? We can go now. Excellent. We'd like to start with this date 1221. The winter solstice, does that mean anything? Does it mean anything to you? Have you assigned any meaning to it? No, it seems silly to me. Then it means nothing. Anyone else? Does, it, does 2021 mean anything to anyone? It does mean something to me. It means the in-between of ending of one energetic equinox season into a new equinox period of time. So to me, it's an opening and a closing. An opening and a closing of just energy. an energy? Yeah, just energy. Is there a reason that you would perceive that an energy would end or begin? I would say... Or is it, it simply a transition? A transition. So then it would imply a change or a point of change or a point of adjustment but it would not imply a beginning or an end. There is no beginning or no end to an energy. Yeah, I agree. All right. Christy, I, and Crystal all had a little bit of different kind of illnesses. Do you have any idea what those were for, what the purpose was, what we're going through, why they came in each one? Was it something we experienced together or was unique or was there... Any uh, thing that we should understand about it? It is both unique and something experienced together. As you know, you are all connected. You are each other and you are us. So it is certainly something you experienced commonly between you. Anything that is manifested in the body is always a message for you to decipher to play with, to look at. It is not necessary to do this. You can take medicine and 
do what Christie calls kill the messenger. This is fine as well. It will still come to you in some form, but all of you have received thoughts and ideas and small events that have led to these things manifesting in your body so that you have much difficulty ignoring them. In Christie's case, it is manifested in her throat because she does not trust her own voice. She trusts us and she trusts the voice of those of you in that room more than she trusts her own voice. And we have simply tried to explain to her that this will lead to a period of time where she must be quiet and just listen to her own voice. And she is beginning to understand this. In your case, it is not a not trusting of your voice, but simply a resisting of what is occurring for you and feeling that in your breathing. It is teaching you to breathe through and go inward to accept what is current in your reality. In the other one that we have spoken with before, we know specifically that she is experiencing much within herself, much anger and frustration with herself for not understanding things and feeling responsible that she does not understand these things and being angry about this and battling this with herself and then riding along a bit and feeling better and then not feeling better and taking score of this and wondering why it is there and why it is not there and why I have done this work and why is this not working? And she understands that this is part of the game that she is playing, but it is manifesting in this way. Excellent. All right. Well, the reason that we were getting together today, Jessica is here with us and she had an inspiration to put together something that was found in the Ascension Experience from Joshua. And so I'm going to turn it over to Jessica. Yes. So this is a list of empowering beliefs that um, Joshua gave us in the Ascension Experience, segment two, the financial um, prosperity segment. And in the first week of the material, um, they're ending the week one material with the list of um, top 10 empowering beliefs that um, that they call a belief system that aligns with financial prosperity. And it's also a set of beliefs that corresponds with authenticity. And so these 10 beliefs are um, quite wonderful. We're familiar with, with many of them, actually. Those of us who've done the work, the boot camp work. I am worthy of every wonderful experience physical reality has to offer. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. We are aware of them. So it's a list of 10. And as we were looking at them, as I was looking at these lists, I thought to myself, well, obviously, the reason Joshua is listing them is because we're not fully owning these beliefs yet. We're not, we're not believing them fully yet. And so I had the idea, the inspiration of actually sitting down and proving every one of these empowering beliefs true. And, um, I started out with them. I could read them or we could post them on, um, on the internet later on, but let's read them. Okay. So the first one, as I just said, it's, I'm worthy of every wonderful experience physical reality has to offer. The second one is, I am focused on what I love. Uh, the third one is, I'm here to express love and acceptance. The fourth one is, everything is always working out for me. We're familiar with that one. The fifth one is, everything is happening for me and not to me. Number six is, I am the creator of my reality. We all have a hard time still with this one. 
Number seven is I'm a magnificent, limitless, and eternal being of pure, positive love and acceptance. One we've heard Joshua say since day one over and over and over again. So it resonates, obviously, but we're not fully believing it, or at least I wasn't. Number eight is I need nothing. I'm here to give and to serve. Number nine is I'm only interested in the evolving discovery of the perfection of it all. And number 10 is everything is right. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe. And, you know, while all these statements fully resonate intellectually, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Once you actually look at them, you realize that there's a big wall just about with every single one of them. And so I gave myself a rating on the first one, for example. When I first read them, I'm worthy of every wonderful experience physical reality has to offer. Even though I know intellectually that this is true, I gave this a rating from, I believe, a two, two out of ten only. If I really look within, you know, do I really fully believe it? On the third one, um, I actually wait, but I think I'm on the second one. I'm sorry, I'm focused on what I love. That was a three, I think, out of ten. So I noticed that my rating, even though I had done the boot camp so many times, and even though I really intellectually own all these statements and I understand them quite well, that viscerally I wasn't quite there yet at all. So it was a very, very interesting project when I decided to prove each one of these true. Quite challenging. And at the same time, in week four of the prosperity segment, at the end of the material, of the week four material, uh, Joshua gives us a list of nine abundance blocks that you know. So essentially nine limiting beliefs that we all have and that if we could transcend these blocks, we would all experience abundance of all souls. And it would just flow. So I also went about disproving those nine blocks. And that, I think, happened probably two months ago when I started with them. It took me about two months to prove those ten empowering beliefs true and the nine abundance blocks false. And things have just completely changed since then. It's been That was the inspiration. That was the work. Yeah, what do you think of that? The The first thing that we would say to you is that this work for you was inspired. It was something you were led to do. And by following that inspiration, you changed your experience of your reality. It is that simple. It is layered upon layered upon layered, these beliefs and the way that these beliefs interact with the blocks, the empowering beliefs and the blocks. There are millions, millions, millions of ways that one interacts with the other. If you look at your example of 10 and 9 and then multiply those together in an exponential way, what do you have? The interactions between them is is limitless and how it will show for any one consciousness is completely unique. Your ability to look at this and break it down and give yourself a rating and let yourself know where you are on this imaginary scale that you have created in this beautiful way is something that is leading you to a way to teach others without having to pull apart the millions of ways that these few things can interact. You can light these up and light these up. And although there are many, many more empowering beliefs and many more blocks that exist within there. This is an excellent way to light all of them in a very general way and lead someone on a path to change their 
experience of their reality. You are a teacher, Jessica, and these things that you receive, these inspirations, these ideas that you receive, this is why we were passing along to you to let go of the work on the limiting beliefs. You had done quite enough for now. It is time for you to begin to believe the wonderful things about yourself and to quiet your mind and realize that you hear us, you hear your inner self all of the time, and yet you do very little. And this inspiration is one of those moments when you hear us and you hear your inner self, what becomes of that is magnificent and will light the world. This is what you do. It is who you are. So what do we think of this we think it is brilliant. We think you are brilliant. It all started with a discussion that we started meeting regularly and discussing Jessica characterizes as a controlled folly was the idea. We call it the $100 controlled folly. We will tell you that Christy did not hear this question at all. We will answer it and it feels a bit uncomfortable within her. We are fine to answer your question. This idea of a control folly around money is, is simply a process to take you for a moment away from holding an, an item, an object in your hand and looking at the positive side or the negative side of this. When you look at the idea of money, at times you look at it in a positive way. You have a high perspective and others you have quite a low perspective. And most of the time you are quite limited in this area. And this idea of an amount of money and simply imagining that you have it and what you would do with it is something that will lead you to feel abundant and generate that feeling of security and fun with it for a moment until you move down the line. And we can feel in your vibration that you notice you begin to get uncomfortable as you make decisions about this money and what should go here and what should go there and what would I do? And at times it feels a bit too much. And then at times it feels like not enough. And then the game becomes exactly as your reality, does it not? Yeah. We are wobbling around. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had wonderful realizations in the very, very beginning. We realized that having a hundred million dollars and really got into the feeling, pretending the imagining of it, having it made no difference at all. In fact, we had exactly the same issue. You know, we were feeling the same challenges. It made no difference at all. This is what we are saying. As you move through, you discover that it makes no difference. It becomes exactly as your reality with money is currently. It is no different. This is why you begin to understand that this taking score with money is distracting you from who you are. You can do this, you can follow this, and it will lead you to discover who you are not every single time. So when you begin to simply understand through every cell of your being that you are secure and you are safe and you are within the guardrails of this physical reality and there is nothing that you are going to experience that is going to be too much for you and there is nothing that you will experience, that you cannot gain a perspective that you are the creator of this and that it is for you and that there is joy in it. There is nothing to fear 
in the lack of money in your experience. But the focusing on it is what slows it down for you. When you focus on these things that you enjoy, these things that you love to do, and you do them, and you practice this more and more and more. And when you want to play this game of control, folly, and pretend that you have millions of dollars in your bank account, then you play this until it is not fun, just like any game. And this will help you again gain that feeling. But this feeling of security and unlimited financial ability, this feeling is not gained from the money. This feeling is gained more and more and more through this work, through looking at one another and seeing the perfection in each one and looking at your bank account or your bank and seeing the perfection in that in this moment for you. Why is the number what it is? It is simply that you are not seeing what it truly is. You are only seeing what you will allow yourself to see. But when you can realize that, you can look at this number and you can laugh and say, this is what the number is. And this is for me in some way because I am the creator. And what is it about this bank that I love? And what is it about the ease of using these applications with this bank that I love? And what is it that this money does allow me to do? And what am I allowed to do that does not take money? Christine's discovering more and more lately that things are showing up for her that do not cost anything. She has been given two extremely expensive fur coats in the last 30 days that someone has just given her. And she does not understand why she would even need these, but she enjoys it. And they have come at no financial cost to her. And this bank account, this money is only one avenue for you to do and experience the things that you want to do and experience. It is about opening your mind to the limitlessness of us, of you, of this universe, and realizing that there are many avenues for which you receive money. You can imagine this in this game. It isn't that $100 million has shown up in my bank account. What if we played the game of how could this $100 million show up for you? This is another way to open up these ideas of cracks and openings, the ideas of doing something together. This is not based in we want to make money together, but we like to be together. And if you find, Rob, that you enjoy things with these people and you have strengths that they do not have, and they perceive that you have strengths that they do not have, and you enjoy the friendship and you enjoy the interaction, then that is inspired. And doing something together would be magnificent and would amplify all that you do, including your money. Yeah, wonderful. In fact, Rob was experiencing just that. He had, talk about that, Rob. Your the the last the rock style life you've been living for the past few months. Yeah, uh, strangely, what I'm about to say wasn't that apparent to me until Jessica pointed it out. But we spent three months in France, and because of the way things worked out, we stayed in these amazing apartments in the center of Paris and this beautiful house in the country. And we had the use of a, a car as well. And it, none of it cost a penny. 
like the entire thing, which if you had to buy it, cost tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, it was, I, I realized we had great freedom in being able to do this, uh, whereas a lot of other people feel they don't have the freedom to do that. But it was when Jessica pointed out that I'm living this rock star life <laughs> and staying in these rock star apartments in the center of Paris and so on. And we attracted that and it is astonishing just how wonderful it was. And as I say, the thing cost not a penny. And this is exactly what we are saying. There are many ways that these things come to you. Your abundance, and you know this, it is in the form of freedom and health and love and money. But you tend to look at but one way that this money can come to you. And all of you in this room are at a perspective high enough to begin to understand that there are many ways this can come to you. Christy and Gary had an experience several years ago where they were in Times Square in New York City, and they were alone with just friends. There was not another human being in sight in all of Times Square in the middle of the day on the 4th of July. And they noted that this would have cost more money than they could have generated with everyone in the United States to pay for this time in Times Square alone, yet you do not notice that these things are coming to you all of the time. And the more that you notice, Rob, the more you appreciate this time with your wife and traveling the world and staying in these beautiful places, seeing places that many, many will never see in their lifetime, and appreciating this and understanding that a rock star life, a life of someone at your perspective comes in ways that are unimaginable. Someone like you does not need a bank account. Why would God need a bank account? Uh, I liked this quote, but I hadn't, <laughs> even though I wrote it, I never saw it in my whole life. <laughs> I am only interested in the evolving discovery of the perfection of it all. So what do you think about that quote? This is something we have been discussing for months with you, this idea of beginning one by one to commit to seeing the others, the situations, the circumstances, the objects in your life as perfect. This is knowing. This is moving from fear to love. Evolution is moving. It is going from knowing that something is terrible and wrong, or that someone is misguided or ill-behaved, knowing that, and then moving to knowing that they are perfect and perfect for you from the inside out. This seeing that as perfection is the evolution of fear to love. This is happening to all. So the perfection we are talking about in Joshua Live yesterday is inherent in the universe, in the system of physical reality, in Earth, in everything else. It's only the subjective percep perception of the individual choosing to see it one way over another way based in a conditioning of duality. Something's good or bad, right or wrong, better or worse. Is this simply a form of separation? This, I, this myth of imperfection, or is it a form of control? It is 
not a form of control to see duality in that sense. It is a result of separation to feel that you are alone and on your own, to believe that there is some higher power that is deciding what you should do and should not do and what will happen to you after you die or that there is nothing out there and that this is chaos. The only way to decipher this, to to look at this chaos and put some sort of order to this because of the separation is to then control it, to put it into categories and say, this is right and this is wrong. This behavior will get me into heaven. This behavior will send me to hell. This is a result of separation and it is used by the separate consciousness, this perception of separation to control this chaotic reality. Yet the chaotic reality is simply not understanding it or a judgment of it or an interpretation of it based in separation from a collective consciousness or a consciousness without separation. You can see nothing but perfection. This is essentially true. Yes, you can see perfection. You see the system. You see the beauty in it all. You receive thought together. You receive inspiration together. It is more of a curiosity, a moving forward, a desire for more, 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 but not a desire to improve. Can you see the difference? Yes. The idea of improvement, we've been told, is the greatest myth because you can't improve on perfection, but without that ability to improve, you tend to believe that things aren't going to get better. This is all based in that perspective, that human perspective, that this outside me is wrong, or this inside me is wrong, or this is happening to me because I am wrong, because I am not enough, because I am not good enough. So this is why the self-help section at your bookstores is the biggest section. Everyone wants to improve some external condition and they believe to improve an external condition, they in some way must get better. They do not understand yet that it is all simply expansion and what they are looking at is being projected from their inside and seen through their perspective. They just do not understand this. This is okay. Well, this is essentially why we brought you here today as a Christmas gift to everyone so you can tell us how to get abundance but basically you're saying that everything's perfect as it is right now, so don't try and change it. What we are saying to you is that for many of you and sitting in this room, it is obvious that you are abundant. For many of you sitting in that room, you perceive yourself to be completely in lack. But what we are telling you is that all of you are abundant and you are not seeing it. If you are looking at numbers and the numbers do not please you, you are not seeing the real number. And you are feeling that you, again, must have a bank account or a job. And you are limiting yourselves. This perspective and the energy in this room is higher than anyone on the planet. And yet you believe you are so limited. You could all simply step outside and look in different directions and catch money. It is all around you. You are just simply not seeing it. 
because you are believing it can only come in a very few ways to you. And you can go back from that and understand that from the experiences we have just discussed, and there are many more, this would be a game for you to play, to understand what things have come to you that you have perceived have been of great value that you have not exchanged money for. And you will see that these will come to you more and more and more. This is unimaginable. It is imaginable for others to see people like you with large bank accounts and living a certain life. And they can say, oh, this is because they are wealthy. But what sort of an example would it be to see those of you living this life and moving about with relatively average bank accounts, yet living lives of rock stars? This is unimaginable. This is an example. You mentioned the limitlessness. That's another um, empowering belief that that is part of that list, you know, to really not just have it resonate with you that you're an abundant, limitless being, but that you are, and to understand this at the visceral level. That was another interesting belief to look at and to see for myself that, you know, how I could prove this, that I'm actually limitless beyond the intellectual understanding. It does. It does work. And you are you are given a simple example of this. We we have played with Chrissy recently on this, that when she closes her eyes for a moment in the dark and then opens them again, she can see on the ceiling what appears to be the night sky. And there is very little light coming into her room. And she can close her eyes and see this night sky as well behind her closed eyes. And we have tried to explain to her that this is her. This is what she is seeing. This is all of you. This limitlessness that you will not, from your human perspective, ever be able to truly, truly understand within you. But you are given glimpses of this and ideas of this within yourself, in your meditation. And when you look at the beauty of your friends, when you look into the eyes of these around you, you love. And you feel that love coming through you and to them. And you recognize there is no end to this feeling. There is no end to this love that I can give to them. Where do you suppose this is coming from? Do you believe this is coming from outside of you? It is not. It is coming from within you. This limitless feeling of love that you feel for one another and for your pets. This is not coming from outside of you. It is who you are, and it is limitless because you are limitless. You observe that many of the things of greatest value that we have received in our lives arrived without exchange for money, and as soon as you said that, I, I could see the wisdom of the great moments of my life and how that is true, and also working on some of those limiting beliefs and that nine that Jessica mentioned one around effort and struggle, I realized that the biggest financial paydays in my life did not involve effort and struggle. And in a similar vein, Jessica and Jerry and I have been talking about the new approach to marketing, which is not transactional and not manipulative and arises not from fear based. Not fear based, yeah, not lack based and arises from authenticity and trying to find messages from within. And once again, Jessica, helpfully as a teacher, as you say, she is pointed out to me that I attracted a client, a high-value client. And so the question that forms in my mind with those three things, receiving 
things of great value without exchange for money, receiving larger amounts of money with, with no effort, and also attracting a client. So my question is, how do I do it again? We understand this wanting to repeat and wanting to repeat. Now, you must understand that once you have achieved something, once you have experienced something, it is within you to look back in some way and see what you were thinking and feeling. But you must understand that after those experiences have occurred, you are now a different person and you will not be doing these things again and you will not be doing similar things in the same way. You are different now. And in every moment, you must feel. You must feel from within. You must act on your inspiration. This is all you need to do. There is no repeat of a pattern. There is no system in place for Rob to get a client. It is simply moving and changing with everything around you. And it is being brought to you continuously and your perspective in every moment and every action that you take and every inspiration that you again hear and then act upon is taking you exactly where you want to go. You do not have to repeat these patterns again. Perfect sense. Yeah. As soon as you said that, it's that is done and therefore I've changed and not looking to repeat, but to actually be open to the new, to the next. So I'm teaching the new approach to marketing, somewhat unteachable, but because we keep coming back to really it's about finding a way to help people find their inner voice. That really seems to be the secret rather than methodologies or systems. Their inner voice, their authentic voice? Uh, by their inner voice, uh, I guess receiving wisdom from source or, or their inner selves. But yes, their authentic voice as well, which is how I've started to approach it is to talk to people about how to identify and find and, and speak their authentic voice. Which is not copying someone else or trying to follow some system that's seems to be working for other people, but to discover really the inspiration that's flowing from their inner self and follow that, even though that could be counter to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, half-hearted, half-jokingly, it's like, well, that's going to go down well on mainstream business. But we also realized in talking uh, with Jessica and Jerry that we don't necessarily want to reach thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of people with this message perhaps but really the people who are ready and open to it although with jerry jessica characterized jerry as the tony robbins and the new approach to life and he he potentially has a voice to reach millions he's he has that particular skill and talent and energy about him but my conclusion was i would like to work with the right number of people who are ready for this kind of work. What do you think about that idea of working with the right number of people who are ready for that kind of work? What we would ask you all again is just simply to ask yourselves why and to know that you are doing this for you, that there is something in the experience of working together, something in your love and admiration for one another that creates a feeling in you of joy when you get together and you discuss ideas. But to do it for others is not necessary. They do not need you. The world is not waiting for this. If it is inspired, if you feel it and you 
want to do it and you have this desire and you feel joy when you discuss it and you pursue it, then do this. It will be well-received. There will be millions, millions wanting to have it when it is ready for them. But for you, it must be for you and for Jessica, for Jessica, and for Jerry, for Jerry, and for the joy of being together. There is no wrong person waiting for this. There is no getting the right message to the right people. This does not exist. This is an illusion. There is always a match. There is a desire. There is an answer to that desire. There is a wish. The wish is granted. This is the way that it is, but there is no creation from there. This, I want to create the right message to reach the right people. This is subjective. and You do not know what that message is or who those people are, but you do know you and you do know your inner voice and you do know us and you can listen to that. And you can follow it with your friends to something wonderful and magnificent if this is what you wish to do. We really appreciate the insight you gave us that we are doing this for ourselves. And as I observe working with people, it's increasingly true and obvious. And I suppose the idea of taking the information we are revealing and attracting and using it uh, with clients really was when we were looking to the intersection of something we really want to do and love doing and having a source of income from it. However, that is merely a perspective. And as you say, we could go outside and catch the dollars blowing down the street in the wind if we, if we were a match to that. And really the idea that you planted there was there are many, many ways to make money. It always seemed to me that Gary was more open than most people I know to receiving money in different ways. And at the time when I first met him, I found there was a big difference, I felt, between how I observed I could make money, which is quite limited, and the ways that he was open to doing that. So, but you make a very good point for me to now consider that the control folly would be what would be the 101 ways to make $100 million as, as an exercise in abundance, because we realize that the $100 million won't change our lives or our happiness. This is correct. This this is from the perspective that this group of you has reached that is extraordinary. You can begin to just tear apart this idea of doing something in the world and receiving money for it. Your abundance of money does not need to come from this collaboration that the three of you are discussing. To do that would be to do that in fun and joy because you have inspired ideas that you enjoy putting together and bringing them into a book or a speech or an event or a painting. Whatever it may be, you enjoy doing this together. And certainly you can have the sense that there are others wanting this, as you can well imagine. This inspiration will likely come through you, but it is not unlikely at all that it is a request of many or something like this, and you are just allowing it to move through you. But this still does not mean that this is an avenue for money to flow back to you. It is simply something you are here to give. I believe that one of these empowering beliefs that our dear Jessica 
was speaking of, although she did not read it aloud, is that I am here to serve. I do not need anything. I am here to serve. And you need nothing. Then if you approach this idea of a collaboration between the friends, then this is not because you are wanting some form of financial abundance through this. It is because you want to serve yourself and each other to do something that you are inspired to do, to enjoy this time together and generate new ideas and new thought. This is what we are so excited about, that in doing this together, you bring in ideas from this realm of possibility that we do not yet access. This is what you do. This is why we love you. This is why you are revered. This is why we are here to give you this information, because in doing that thing that you are inspired to do and generating these ideas, you expand all of us. And the universe, the system must bring you money in response to that, but it does not have to bring you money through that. You talk about serve, and I've been intrigued by the idea to serve, and Joshua mentions it often as a as a perhaps a, a, an expanded uh, inspiration to serve, and you mentioned to serve ourselves, to, to serve myself, but to serve others as well. So that was interesting because I'm serving myself. I can see that now. But what is this idea of serving others like? Why do we do that? What's behind that? When we speak of serving, serving others, what we are referring to is that from your perspective, you have others in your reality. You have your close friends and you have your neighborhood and your community and your country and your planet. Your relationship to these is your relationship to yourself. By looking at them and flowing perfection, seeing the perfection in each one and committing to seeing that perfection, you are flowing love. That is serving them and it is serving you. They do not need you. You need nothing from them. You are simply here to flow love to them to see them as perfect. And in doing so, you are serving them. You are worshiping them. Yeah, so it's this idea of everything's coming from the inside out. So in needing nothing, all you can do is give. Everything's flowing out in that way. In the idea that you need something from others, love, respect, money, time, whatever, then you are perceiving yourself inaccurately and it, it is a perception that isn't serving you because it's, it's inaccurate with how it actually works. So if you are it all and the generator of your entire reality, you couldn't need anything from that reality. It's just a reflection of the generations going on from within. So this perception then is necessary to realize that nothing can come from outside. It's all being given from you to the outside. Not that they need it, right? You're not doing it because they need you because they're the same thing. They're also generators. So you're not doing it for a purpose to get anything back, including money. That's just who you fundamentally are. So we had this, this uh, conversation earlier that in physical reality, money is simply a distraction, simply a way to play with this idea of victimhood or superiority or separation. 
So it seems that's true of all numbers, just the numbers in general, like the number of your age, for instance. You apply a meaning to that number, and since you have no control over it, you think it's determining what activities you can do, how much time left you have on the planet, that you need to take care of yourself in a different way, that sort of thing. What would you say about that idea about numbers? This is exactly what it is. This is something that from the human perspective, you must categorize everything and you must put things in terms of time. This is fine. Of, of course, this is what you do. You are in a time-space reality, but it is a distraction. It is there to allow you to discover who you are not so that you can discover who you are. To believe that I am 50 years old, so I should not do a backflip off the high dive is an illusion. It is simply what you believe. This friend of Christie's sent her an interesting paper he wrote yesterday about this. He called it the, called it the journey of and he began to understand that when he saw a certain mileage on his car, that he immediately began to expect that service items were going to be needed, that things were going to break down, yet his car was perfect. It was running perfectly well, and it had no problems. But because he saw this number, then the number began to cause him to change his current belief structure around the vehicle. It does this with everything. The number that you see in the bank account begins to make you believe certain things are possible for you, or that you have been good, or you have been bad, or you have been responsible, or you have been irresponsible. You have been lucky. You have been unlucky. You can do this. You cannot do this. These numbers are there to distract you, to have you follow them to who you are not. It is part of the game. But from your perspective now, you are being given more clues. We believe there is someone in the room who is constantly looking for clues for something. And these clues are to tell you now that money and these numbers are here simply to distract you. It is wonderful, but it is simply a representation of energy. It means nothing. You have assigned meaning. There are no numbers in the non-physical. There are no letters in the non-physical. There is just communication. It is not an equation. It is a communication. These numbers do not exist. These letters do not exist. It is all human perspective. So it only exists within this time-space reality that you are playing. And our perspective in numbers is not accurate because we're perceiving ourselves as separate. And so we use these numbers in a way where we say one and one equal two. But now we know that one and one never equal two. They equal the greater one. This is something that we told Christy a few months ago, a couple of months ago, that she was playing with this equation that she saw in an answer about everything in the universe. And the equation was long and she could not understand it. It looked as if the functions were changing. And of course they were. And they were explaining to her the fluidity of the result of the first part of the equation, and then it had to remain fluid so that the functions changed. And with her knowledge of calculus, limited as it might be, she said, this does not make sense. And she played with this for weeks until we finally told her that this equation was simply 
something for her to see, to understand that this human numbers game that you play is just that. And that one plus one never equals two. And she sat with that and she did not understand what we were saying until we said it is just a greater one. And these numbers do not exist. They are not real. They are an illusion. And it dawned on her to begin to play with this. And as it will all of you, as you now move through your day, your perspectives have changed a great deal on these numbers and what they mean and what they cause you to believe or what beliefs they trigger within you. This is all they are there to do. Chrissy and I noticed right now that where we are, which is this unique period of time for both of us, that our bank accounts do not reflect what they've always reflected. They are somehow nearly empty and there's no foreseeable rush of money coming in. And that our perspective is, had they been what they normally are, we would both use the money to blow shit up. Is that an empowering or limiting belief? This is simply a belief. It is neither empowering nor limiting or for either one of you. It is an explanation. It is something we have discussed with her that the basis of this reality of your abundance as a consciousness, as source, is that you will always have what you need to do what you need to do. And if what you need to have is a lack of money to do what you need to do, then you will have a lack of money. That is why there is no black and white here in this. There is no algorithm for eliminating every limiting belief that you have. They will be with you no matter what. And given the certain circumstances that you are experiencing and your perspective in the moment, you will do what you are going to do and what exists around you to help you make that decision will be there. So one of the most interesting things for me that I understood when Jerry, uh, Rob and I were doing this controlled folly exercise was, uh, you know, looking at abundant, was that I understood that wanting money, and we felt like we had the money, right? Uh, but, but wanting money, even as a rich individual, there was this want for more. And I understood that the mere fact of wanting more was an exploration of lack. And then I understood that whether I'm poor or whether I have very little money and want more or whether I'm rich and want more is the same exploration of lack. So in other words, I realized there are very, very few wealthy people on this planet that are not exploring lack. So most rich people explore lack because they still want more. So the pursuit of anything, this is where you always come in with the attachment to an outcome, the pursuit of anything is really an exploration of lack because we are pursuing something because we think we don't have it, more of it. With all that said, I understood that money is completely irrelevant for me at this point because I am really done with the exploration of lack. So I don't need, I don't want money. It is fine. I understand that I get it when I need it. I don't get it when I don't need it for what I need to do. I'm perfectly there. But because I understood that I really don't want any more money because wanting money is an exploration of lack and I'm really done with my exploration of lack, I'm ready to embrace an exploration of abundance. Everything started to fall into place. 
wanting anything and in fear and control is lack. It does not matter what it is. It does not matter. When you get to this perspective where you understand that you are complete, that you are whole, and that what you are wanting is this unimaginable experience. You want to know yourself. You want to experience the fun of being here. You want to dive into your friends and spend time with them, live your life, enjoy every little thing that you see. And none of this takes money to do. As you begin to understand that this money just must be there for any time that it is required to move in any direction that you need to move and you expect it to be, but it does not matter. It is not the money that you want. It is the experience. It is the relationship. It is the vision. It is the feeling. This is all that you want. The money is inconsequential. And you have all seen that you can have the feeling and you can have the experience. You can have the object. You can have any of it without ever having the money. This is the first time that I'm understanding that at a visceral level. I mean, it always made sense. Or I should say, I still always wanted more. Always. Up until this point, this is it. I mean, no, no need. Not to mention, it brings us um, with the empowering belief number eight, you know, I need nothing. If we really need nothing, that is money. We need nothing. We don't need one thing. We need nothing. We need nothing. And this is something that we will share with you, an example that Christy may not want us to share, but when she experiences us speaking through her to a group such as you, she begins to feel the emotion of love and of knowing, and it is something she cannot describe to others. And as she continues to allow us to speak and she focuses on those that are in the room, which is all that she can do. She begins to feel this powerful love knowing it is something she does not understand. And it rushes through her as if it was a powerful faucet. And she says to us, there is no way that any love could come back in it is moving too powerfully, too forcefully through me to them. It could not come back. I do not need it from them, but not only do I not need it, they could not give it to me because I couldn't receive it the way that it is flowing out. This is who you are. You do not need anything. It is all coming from within you. Thank you so much for being here on our White Light Christmas. Wonderful. We know you and we love you. All right. That was great to have Rob and Trace and Jessica and Isabel all here to do a podcast live in the living room of the Joshua House. Hope you really enjoyed that. It gives you a new way of thinking about abundance. <laughs> There's stuff I learn every time. The white life is very direct to the point. I love that. And so I, we all had a great time. So I hope you enjoyed it too. If you want to hear about the next boot camp starting January 16th, send me an email to GaryBodley at uh, gmail.com. And remember to subscribe and leave a review. If you can leave a review, that's amazing. Reviews really boost this uh, podcast on the rankings. 
and allows other people to find it. So that would be awesome if you could do that. It's wherever you're listening to this podcast, there's a way to leave a review. And if you do that, we'd really appreciate it. So thanks for being here and we'll see you next time and have a Merry Christmas. Bye.